Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard? It is Friday, December 4th, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, so, gosh, somewhere in Michigan, it's, I shouldn't say that, it's 5 o'clock. We, should, we need to wrap the Ohio, somewhere in Columbus, Ohio, it's 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. We need to wrap this up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we did an episode this morning. It was really interesting, and I hope you get a chance to listen to it. I spoke to uh, Terry and Kelly from UNMC, uh, University of Nebraska, Lincoln Engineering College. It was really interesting stuff, doing some fantastic research in human factors, engineering, and things of that nature. So check that one out. Um, and as always, I want to thank my sponsors, CCS Group, Safety Reports, Mid-America Martial Arts, and the Nebraska Department of Labor on-site consultation group. So thank you guys. It's been a great year, and I appreciate all your help. Uh, we have an incredibly special guest today. <laughs> you better you better have a drink, man. Yes. I have a special guest with me today. Um, this is our... Um, this is part of our leadership series, so this episode is going to be included in our leadership series, and to be quite honest, that has been incredibly well-received. People really like listening and learning about leadership, mm-hmm. and so um, in keeping with the tradition, I brought in another Aaron. Aaron Cerrone <laughs> has been my guest typically for leadership, and my guest today is Aaron Horvath. We're just trying to keep it simple. Yeah. Um, and um, total disclosure, uh, Aaron and I know each other. We've known each other for about 30 years now. Yep. Um, God, which is remarkable when you think about it. You've Jeez. aged pretty well, man. I, huh? on the other hand, I look like I was hit by a train or something, but yeah. so Aaron is my brother-in-law. He is my wife's younger brother and he's in town visiting. So he came all the way from California to be here with us today. Yep. Just for this. Got in last night. Yeah. About, right. about 1230 last night. So thanks for coming, man. I, I have it on good authority that you postponed a colonoscopy to be here today. Is that true? Well, I rescheduled it. <laughs> okay. You know, if you get invited by the Joe Rogan of safety podcasting, you do <laughs> not turn down that opportunity. That's exactly. <laughs> regardless of health concerns or anything like that. Right. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Well, let's make sure we get that rescheduled. I don't want to be the right the guy that stands between you and... I need to get that done. Is this your, your 50 year? My 50, 50, 50 year colonoscopy? Year. I'm checking the box off. Oh, dude. Are you 50 right now? Yeah, I you are 50. fifty. I was there. I was. I was there in some. We did some kind of a celebration. Yeah, right. All right, man. So, just a couple of things before we get started, and um, how about them Dodgers? Yeah, the Dodgers won the World Series, so it's been a pretty good year. The Lakers won. Oh my god! The NBA title. So, you know, what's things gonna, are good in California. I'm told. Yeah. At least on the sports front. On the sports front. Now oh there's no fans god. in the stands, but. <laughs> You know, what are you going to do? You know, um, we watched every game of the World Series, and I typically, that's the only thing I typically watch is the World Series. I'm, I'm a baseball fan, but I just don't have the attention span to watch game after game after game. But I, I really, it was a fantastic series. Yeah, it was great. And you go to the games. You were Well, not this year, but yeah, typically. <laughs> yeah, well, typically, they were in Arlington, Texas this year. Yeah, but yeah, typically we you try to take the kids up to Dodger Stadium. Absolutely. It's was a big part of us growing up, right? including That's my cool. sister. Absolutely. So uh, we try to keep that tradition going and, you know, we love baseball. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's cool. And um, the last of my comments, um, well, obviously, go Bucks. We'll talk about that yes. at the end. Buckeyes. We're, we are Buckeye fans through and through in our family, and uh, hopefully they're playing tomorrow. Yep. I mean, I think as of yesterday, they were supposed to, to play. So Yeah, the big debate will be whether or not Michigan decides to play them. Oh, God. A week from tomorrow. So. Is that? 
Oh, my God. I can't imagine them yeah, canceling that game. There's rumors that Michigan doesn't want to play. They're going to come up with the COVID? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect built-in excuse to get out of that game. We've yeah. Got, if you they're probably get... infecting people as we speak. Yeah. They haven't had a good run against them. They're not looking like a good team. So, yeah. I think they're thinking, why play the game? No but doubt. we'll see. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I, I could actually see that happening. They're probably taking <laughs> contaminated swabs and jamming them up those guys' noses. <laughs> that is hilarious. So my last comment was going to be, is there any chance you can help Kent get a job? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Kent, so, uh, maybe not. Nick, <laughs> maybe so. Nick, I think, is probably employable. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so let's get started, man. All so, right, cool. um, and, and In all seriousness, well, I don't want to get serious necessarily, but <laughs> you are currently the CEO of Mobilize Solutions, which is kind of a, a tech startup out in Cali. Yep. yep. Uh, you guys develop apps. You're you're a tech company. Yep. And I know I know a few of the stops you've made along your professional journey. Um, you got an MBA up in Chicago, and then you started in. You're, you've always been kind of a a tech web guy. Yeah. Intellectual property guy. Not like you're not. You're got your people aren't swinging hammers and stuff like <laughs> no. the people that I normally work <laughs> with. Or maybe they are, but they're not supposed to be. Yeah, I've always been uh, pretty much e-commerce software mm-hmm. development. Okay, well, so, here, here's I'm going to give you the yeah. big, I'm going to give you the big question, and then we can just break it down into smaller bites. But my question is, why did you become the leader that you are? You know what what has transpired along your journey that has led to who you are as a leader today? What what kind of you know? Just tell us a little bit about you know your stops along the way, and right. maybe some of your mentors or. Some yeah. of the bad experiences, whatever. How, how did you become this? I, I know that you are a good leader. I just know knowing you personally. Well, hopefully my team is out there listening. <laughs> right. right? We'll, we'll make sure they get it. I think that ultimately it was when you come out of graduate school, I didn't have a big aspiration like, ooh, I got to be the president of a company. I just was trying to make it, you know. And along the way, you have different leaders that kind of grab your hand and say, hey, let, let me show you how we do things and how to treat people. And so, you know, when you're fortunate enough to have good leaders that are your boss, that's very motivating. And, um, you know, you can be coming out of graduate school, you could be afraid, like, am I a good leader or not? Is it, do our leaders born? Is it, a, is it such a thing? And I think the good news was uh, I learned pretty quick that if you really – care about people and you kind of understand the goals of what you're trying to do, then you can be a good leader. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was lucky enough to have some that showed me the way. So where did you start out of graduate school? Do you remember some of those? Yeah, first was in advertising agencies, which, you know, if anybody's out there and has a college age kid, advertising agencies are a good place for people to start because it's a grind Mm -hmm. and you're going to work late hours and you're going to do really cool stuff and mm-hmm. not get paid very much money. So um, I started with advertising agencies, which really showed me a lot about client service and understanding of branding and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was always placed on those um, digital or software accounts. So, for example, Wells Fargo was my client, and they were just starting online banking. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a new thing. And I was, I was the lead guy working with Wells Fargo to help them launch online banking. No shit. Yeah. And so, you know, if you think back then. I actually use Wells Fargo online banking now. All right. There you go. It worked. 
Whatever uh, you did. Yes. Um, and then um, I got a call from a recruiter and H&R Block said, hey, we, we want people, you know, do, to do their own taxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would love for you to come out here and help build this business. And that was probably the first job where I really felt like I was thrust into a leadership role. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you had a lot of people and money. I mean, you had a yeah. lot of money that you were responsible for people. Yep. That's a big deal. That's a big job, man. I remember that one. That was in Kansas city. Yeah, that was in Kansas city. And you know, H and R block put us in a different building. So it felt like a startup, but we ended up hiring about a hundred people and I was the general manager of the business, which was great because, um, you know, we were just trying to do something that the company had never done, but we had full support. So, you know, the first year we probably had a $20 million budget. Wow. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is about execution and, and making sure everybody knew what we were trying to do. Um, you know, the one thing that's, that's, uh, that I would draw a similarity from H&R Block software business to even a safety leader is there was no grace for failure. You know, you can't produce software that's generating inaccurate tax returns mm-hmm. that's a disaster right you can't um you know you can't have people getting the wrong refunds mm-hmm. um <laughs> you can't have delays because oh you God. can't call the government and say can we move the april 15th back a couple months right <laughs> there was a glitch in the software yeah so some of that um that's really you know some true. of that six sigma you better cross your mm-hmm. uh, t's and dot your i's was definitely part of that experience mm-hmm. because true. there was no grace to fail. And I would imagine, you know, for a lot of your listeners it's and, very similar. and in your industry, it's right. like, you know, there's, there's not room. There's very little tolerance for error. I mean, right. there can be significant consequences to error. Yep. That's interesting. So, so that was a, that, that was, that was a, a great job and we had amazing success and, you know, gave me all the confidence that I could lead people and businesses and, um, and so here I am. And so, and so, um, I mean, how did you, you, you mentioned a few of the people that perhaps mentored you along the way that you had an opportunity to learn from some of these managers or leaders that you were working under. Uh, and, and do you learn that stuff at MBA school? I mean, do they talk <laughs> about leadership and stuff like that? Not, not like that, you know, not like, like the real, what real, not leadership like, is. you know, sitting across from a boss. His name was Mark Ciamataro, mm-hmm. loud Italian guy. But he, he started every meeting asking you how you were doing. Mm-hmm. And what was, he really, you could just like tell he, he was, cared about what was going on in your life mm-hmm. before he, you know, went into a lecture of what I did wrong. <laughs> right, start chewing your ass. But yeah. at least, <laughs> I, but that makes it different. Oh, yeah. That makes Huge a difference. difference. And you don't, you don't learn that in school. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn that on the job from somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and then and you end up in a management role and you realize, oh, my gosh. I'm now Mark C. Mentaro mm-hmm. to my own people that are reporting to me. I, right. I can have that same impact. And so, you know, I think it's a blessing to be able to be in a position where you're a leader. Yeah. You know? Well, you, you certainly have the opportunity to really impact their lives. Yep. I mean, not just in the workplace necessarily. I mean, that, that, that translates to just life in general, really. I mean, the way you're treated at work. and Right. Well, they say, you know, in America here, we probably are spending more time with the people at work than we are with our families. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to do that, hopefully and you're in a leadership role, hopefully you're creating a good environment. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and people love coming to work. And so you, you work now, since your work is um, technology primarily, and you work with what we in the trades refer to as like eggheads and nerds <laughs> and stuff. I mean, you know, yes. I mean, is it different? Do you, do, you, do you, would you suspect that it's different management? I mean, everyone probably wants to be treated similarly, whether you're an iron worker or whether you're a coder or whatever that is. I mean, I don't even know the terminology for what white collar people yeah. do, but I think, but, I mean, in general, people want the same yeah. things from work, I would assume. Right. No, I think that, um, that the similarities that would probably be similar across any industry is there's people that are on a team and they need to know what the mission is and what are the goals, you know, and, and uh, I use a, a simple tool that one of my bosses gave me and it's called a blueprint and it's just one page and it's got the mission, it's got the values, it's got the goals and it's got what we're trying to do. And what's interesting about that is we would always laminate that because you shouldn't be change, You shouldn't be tearing that up and changing it mm-hmm. except, you know, maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. And if you have that one page that's laminated and you give it to all the people working on your company, mm-hmm. then they're all on the same page, right? And they all um, know that this is what we're all trying to do. And w- when they know that, it's a, it's a powerful thing. It very much simplifies the fact that I know why I'm coming to work. I know where I fit. I know what our goals are and our mission. And, you know, I think that's that's one of the key things. I think no matter if you're dealing with the eggheads that are developing mm-hmm. software mm-hmm. Or you're uh, a sports team or you're working in a factory. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody exactly. craves that. I love that idea, Frank. And you sent me a copy of that. And we're going we're gonna to put that on the website so people have a, a link to it and have access to it. But, yep. I, I, you know, we talk all the time about, you know, clear and concise expectations. You know, if you, if you are vague in what your expectations are, you're going to get, you know, weird results all over the board but if you can clearly define what as you said what the goals are what the mission is what your part of the mission is right so that it's you know it's not confusing um but i do think that's interesting and man i think to some degree that's just people want to know what those expectations are i I mean in the absence of that you're you're really kind of lost yeah it all starts with that because and so how do you develop that? I mean, is that something that, like for your new company, for example, uh, Mobilize Solutions, you're the CEO. Did you set up those? I mean, do you have a blueprint for the, your employees yeah. in that as well? But I think what's key about it is I involve, like over the last two weeks, we're doing our blueprint for 2021. Okay. And then you never want it to be like, this is what Aaron's blueprint is for all you people. I got you. So they're very much involved over a few week mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm debating about what we're doing is it still working what's not working um, what goals are achievable so that when it is laminated and on their desk or hanging in their wall they felt like they were part of the process interesting so um, I think that's key too is um, that if they're part of the process then it feels they're going to take ownership. Mm-hmm. They're going to be motivated to do a good job. So yeah. that, that's part of the whole blueprint. And so how do you do, how do, you, you do that? You, I mean, obviously now under the COVID, you have to do that remotely or virtually. Yeah, typically. How would the, you do that? Typically we've done um, over the 20 years that I've been doing blueprints. <clears throat> typically it is whiteboard sessions and you're together. And a lot of times we would get offsite hotels to make mm-hmm. it fun. 
Um, so this year, yeah, we did them over Zoom, and we still yeah. try to make it fun. We have little competition and gift cards we um, that we do as we go through the sessions to make it engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, we have breakout rooms where you, on Zoom you can use the functionality of putting people in a breakout room. Um, so we tried to preserve some of that collaboration, mm-hmm. um, and I think we did a good job. So you know, in the next, you got a good product. Yeah, I think we've got a good nice, blueprint man. coming. That's excellent. For next year. I, I, I've heard of those breakout sessions in Zoom. I, I mean, <laughs> as, as you would expect, my Zoom capabilities are much like my other technical capabilities. One <laughs> face at a time. I can't even get like, I can't find the screen where all the faces come up. I'm literally looking at one person at a time, the speaker mode or whatever that is. Somehow I have to get out of that. I'll have you look at my computer okay. or something. But um, I love the idea, though. I know we talk, again, and, and just from the conversations that we talk about engaging employees getting their feedback you you need that feedback obviously to know what things are working and what aren't how, how do you get feedback from your employees other other than that that's a yeah yeah well i think the one thing is um, like you said earlier clear expectations everybody who's a leader at some point is going to have to get rid of somebody which you know i don't want to mm-hmm. talk about uh yeah. uh let, you know, how to fire people, but right. at some point someone's going to be on your team and they're not pulling their weight. Right. And it should never be a surprise to that person that they have to be let go. I mean, there should be con- continuous communication on how well they're doing. Mm-hmm. So again, another little tool that I used that another boss used on me was uh, this little coffee check-in and you go, you know, get out of the office, go somewhere to get a coffee and there was three index cards, uh, a green one, a red one, and a blue one. And you just ask the, the person on your team on the green one, just write down three things that are going well. Mm-hmm. And on the red one, write down three things that are not going so well. Mm-hmm. And it's for them personally with mm-hmm. their job and how they're doing. Their perception. Yeah. And, you know, they can just write down one or two words because you're having coffee. You're just trying to have mm-hmm. a chat. And the third thing is let's come up with a few ways to make it better. So what are the ideas here? Um, and so that works well. You got these little note cards. They're just writing down. But they're really opening up and, and you know, giving you feedback. And you're, getting, and you're giving them feedback. And it's not such a formal process that a lot of, you know, I worked at big companies where there's a formal review process and a quarterly check-in. You have to fill out forms. It's just going to get a cup of coffee mm-hmm. with note cards. And that works really well because um, you're in a different setting. You're just trying to have a discussion. And when they're done with that coffee, they realize, I think this person actually might care about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that means a lot. But to as them. you said, I mean, um, if they're not performing, they're not living up to the expectations. Right. That needs to be, they should be well aware of that long before it's time to like, you know. Right. And they're, they're going to know that if you have coffee every couple of months, they're going to know at those coffee outings because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't – part of getting out there is giving them some honest feedback. Feedback, yeah. So nine months later, if they're not cutting it, they should realize, hey, at least they, he took time yeah. to give me feedback and I had some, all along the way. Maybe some opportunity or some forewarning. Yep. That's and, really interesting because that's not usually how it works. <laughs> yeah. And that's too bad. It's, yeah, and I think then the blueprint helps because there's goals on there. And it's, you know, it's like, hey, which which of these goals do you think you can influence? Mm-hmm. And, you know, in January, they're going to say, oh, I really think I can help with A and C. Great. Mm-hmm. 
and let's check in in, in uh, June. Let's see where we're at mm-hmm. with how well we as a company are doing against these goals. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of having some very simple tools that um, provide real good clarity mm-hmm. to people, and they know what's expected of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's half the battle. Absolutely. So yeah. do you do – you, have to discipline people in the white collar world (laughs) (laughs) like if they i mean so again i uh, in the uh in the world in which i exist you know the industrial yeah you guys have like a woodshed don't you typically take them out to the woods there's various (laughs) forms of uh corporal punishment is it still a paddle or (laughs) a yardstick well we've done away with the paddles we've modernized i think now we just use electric shock or something to that effect but yeah i mean but there is um and unfortunately my former employer, OSHA, has somewhat perpetuated this, but OSHA insists that companies have some type of a progressive discipline program so that if you violate a policy, a work safely policy, there is some you know verbal, written type of disciplinary action. Mm-hmm. It is archaic, mm-hmm. and most of the people that I read, some of the books that you've recommended to me about leadership and management mm-hmm. styles, and they... They are absolutely opposed to this draconian disciplinary yeah. system, but OSHA almost requires it. Um, it just seems um, I, I understand that if you do knowingly or intentionally violate a policy, there probably should be a consequence. Mm-hmm. I've tried to instill that in my boys' minds, you know, that there might be a consequence. But yeah, but is that does that exist in there, um, or is know, it what you've just described? You know, hey, this isn't quite what we're hoping for. Yeah, That's, I think that you know. Um, the software development and startup world, there's not really a regulator that's coming in and telling anybody what to do. So um, probably today I'm not dealing with much of that. Obviously, the bigger companies used to work for Lehman Brothers, and they mm. you know, they had regulations because of the um, SEC and yes, whatnot. Absolutely. And um, so the bigger the company, the more probably draconian stuff that's going on. (laughs) Um, But not at like Amazon or any of those great (laughs) companies that I've heard, you know. Yes. Although I just saw an article maybe on LinkedIn or something about they were spying on their employees or something. Maybe I probably shouldn't say they're all getting kicked off LinkedIn or Amazon or whatever. Wow. Can you imagine if Amazon stopped delivering to Oh, boy. The whole world. (laughs) Some political opinion or something. But that is interesting, man. So um, what are you reading right now? I mean, you, um, I'll be, you know, you and I, well, you, you consulted with me for a little while when I first started this podcast and Uh I was trying to look for directions to take it and, which is kind of why I invited you to be on the podcast. I was, and, and I was just, I was amazed at how easily you digested what it is that I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I try to come across like this is really difficult shit man and all you know within a matter of a day you had reviewed everything that I do you had a good idea how to drive move it forward I think you know the business concepts that are so you know familiar to you that are foreign to me yeah um it was really interesting to me just to you know to listen to you but you recommended some books to me one of them was Simon Sinek you know yes. the, what's the the, the why? start with some, why start yeah. with why yeah I think that's one of my favorites it's Again, I'm a pretty simple-minded person, so if there's a newspaper in the hotel lobby and it's the Wall Street Journal or USA Today, I'm picking up the USA Today. <laughs> there's no right. there's no TB continued articles. Mm-hmm. There's very simple graphs. So I'm always a big fan of simple. Right. And I think Simon Sinek and, like, the start with why is pretty simple concept. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully everybody coming to work and anybody that's leading 
and anybody who um, has a business understands this golden circle, which mm -hmm. is like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And in, if you can do that, it certainly makes it a little easier to get out of bed and, yeah. and um, you know, set the right goals and, mm -hmm. and manage a team. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely like that one. I, I found that after you had uh, recommended that, I went and watched some of the YouTube. Simon Sinek has a number of YouTube postings where he's doing TED Talks or other mm -hmm. training sessions or, you know, he's up in front of a big group at, you know, Google or something, you know, talking about those things. And Yeah. And it made a lot of sense. I immediately went and um, went into my LinkedIn profile and changed everything <laughs> and into that sequence you know it was why how and what you know yep. what why what we you know why we do what we do at Fletcher Safety how we do it and then what we do and I had about 10 people comment immediately did you just co copy that out of the Simon Sinek like I was like <laughs> absolutely but it makes it, it actually makes perfect sense and yeah you know that's kind of what we have started closing the podcast with to some extent is just remember why we're doing this. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of frustration to it, and there are certainly challenges to it. But if you can get to the why part of it, man, it, it certainly lessens the pain and suffering of some of those other issues. Right. If you can keep that in the forefront. Yeah, one, uh, a little exercise. You know, anybody out there leading a team, it's a fun, takes 30 minutes. But just bring your team in and get, get the golden circle you can just Google that, you know, it's, and it's going to have a what, why, and a how. And then first have them individually take a stab at it. Then if you can, break them into two groups and have the two groups take a stab at it. Mm -hmm. And you'll be pretty, um, you know, you'll be surprised as far as, you know, when they individually do it. It's like, holy cow, there was, the answers were so different. And it, mm -hmm. should, it shouldn't be that way. So it's a wake-up call of, boy, like, are you really communicating the why and the how and the what, or are you not? <laughs> right. Need to get back to the blueprint and yeah. review that. So uh, you, you do a lot of team building type things, it sounds like. I mean, I know that Yeah, you, you and Tanya have traveled to different uh, organizational yeah. programs, and you're going to Kansas City this uh, next yeah. week or later Chiefs this weekend. Chiefs game, Sunday night. And are you going, you're taking some employees? Or? Yeah, that's where my CTO is and a okay. couple of our developers. What is CTO? Uh, chief technology officer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We don't have those where I, where the I... big propeller head guys. Okay. A huge propeller head. <laughs> right. He probably could, he? <laughs> yeah, he could probably fly in the air with that thing. No. But, and you know, part of that is, you know, during this pandemic, we haven't seen these people yeah. and you can only do so many zooms. Yeah. And, uh, we've got, unfortunately a few of them that all live here in Kansas city. They're nice. all chiefs fans. Mm -hmm. So you're going to take a chance. Uh, and go so we're going there. to the chiefs game. Yeah. God, my, my advice, who are they playing? They're playing the Broncos. Oh, the team without a quarterback. Yeah, so oh, they may need. They may need. He may be able to suit up and play. Oh, so yeah, that that's. Does. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's what they need. So, yeah. um, God, no quarterback versus Patrick Mahomes. That's I a, know. that's an interesting challenge. Right. Well, that'll be fun. So, but I mean, you are obviously you're a believer in those types of things. That connectivity. Yeah, I think that's that, huge. Those relationships. Yeah, it's huge. You know, like uh, on. Thanksgiving week, we do a weekly meeting with the, you know, with the whole team. So there's like 15 people. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Rather than go over status and look at the numbers and stuff, we, we spent the whole hour. I made them fill out what they were grateful for as far as person, place, and thing. And, you know, it's getting people vulnerable and not everybody's comfortable talking about their oh, yeah. feelings and what they're grateful for. But usually after those type of sessions – 
there's some bonding going on. You really? learn about people. And I can tell you that, you know, um, you get the emails from people or texts saying, like, thanks for doing that. Really? So, I am just imagining some of my clients doing that. I have some of these <laughs> big, burly animal, you know, these uh, either superintendents or plant mm-hmm. managers. But I think... I think they would be surprised at the response they got oh, they that. Be, if they, if they would yeah. actually allow themselves. It's really difficult for these people to, to show vulnerability. Yep. Sometimes it's like survival of the fittest out on some of these job sites. And, you know, the, the plant manager is the king and he cannot, he or she. Yeah. Are, are afraid to show that vulnerability. But I think it would do wonders for, I mean, like I said, when, before yeah. we started this, I have people come to me and say, why the, Why don't I have a goddamn good safety culture here or yeah. whatever? You know, they're just angry that they don't have yeah. a, the culture that they want. And I think that they've, you know, that, that maybe they don't understand the importance of that, that yeah, that's two-directional that, relationship. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that one-hour timeout right before Thanksgiving, it was obviously timely. It's been a, 2020's been a weird year. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, making people go around and, what are you grateful for? It's not mm-hmm. really work related, but in mm-hmm. essence it is because um, these people work with each other every single day. Right. You know, and, and, and the answers aren't all about getting vulnerable. One guy was talking about his air fryer, like it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. And they're talking about wings and then wing sauce. Where do you buy your wing sauce? So it was just an hour of fun, especially, you know, in a world where we're on Zooms all day. Oh, no shit. Um, but so, I think that's true though. I mean, you don't have to be breaking down in tears and, you know, revealing some of your deepest, darkest secrets. But no, it's just but, opening up and doing different things where we're getting to know each other. And yeah. It, uh, it makes it feel like a family. Yeah. You know? That's so. cool. And, and, and I would have to say cast iron skillet, not air fryer. That's my opinion. <laughs> but if, I, if I'm going to contribute to that one. Right. I don't know if your sister has told you this, but yeah, I've become quite a cast iron skillet. Quite a, quite a cast iron skillet mm. uh, chef. Have you ever done the air fryer? I don't, but I'm think I'm looking at getting. I mean, one. people are swearing by them now. Yeah, I, I'm actually. Inter- I saw one advertised last night, and I'm interested in getting one. But Tanya wouldn't let me put it out on the counter because it oh, wouldn't look safe. right. On, it wouldn't oh. be. Out, it wouldn't look right on the counter. It would throw <laughs> off the. What do you call it? Feng shui or swing oh, fei? Oh, feng shui. Feng shui. Yeah. It would throw that totally off. So, I probably will have to keep it in my in the garage or something. But she, you know, you definitely have her on the safety because last night I wasn't able to use the space heater in the basement. Right. So. <laughs> right. She's all about it. Oh, she is, man. She, you must be giving her like a safety report. After and... 30 years, she is. <laughs> Actually, she now polices me. I think maybe we've overdone it a little bit. She will come out and scream at me if I'm out using the lawnmower without safety glasses or something. So I think I've actually overdone it. All right, man. Well, any any uh, any parting comments before we we call it an evening and head out and take Nick out for a beer? Yes. No, I think what? this is fun and this is great. And um, you know, I think uh, just in leadership in general, I think the good news is it's really not that difficult. And I think you know, for those out there that are managing teams or just to, you know looking to be leaders, um, a lot of it's just human. It's just being, uh, it's humanity. It's caring about people. Mm-hmm. It's getting out of the comfort zone once in a while, doing things that are memorable and fun mm-hmm. and getting vulnerable. And yeah. I think, um, you know, if you can do that, you're going to get people who want to follow you and they want to run through a brick wall for you. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm grateful that I've been able to do that for people and um, and hopefully. That's uh, cool. 
couple of my little tools that we'll post on your yeah, website man, we will, will help. Absolutely. We're a gonna, whole other generation. We're going to put those up on the website. We'll put links to those things. I love the, the cards. I like that. Um, you know, my, the other Aaron, I'll call him the other Aaron. Yeah. Had talked about um, doing what he referred to as temperature checks, which is going out and very much like you described with the coffee. Yeah. Just sitting down and getting a feel for how things are going, right. getting some feedback. I think, I think. Um, That's huge. Don't be afraid of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yep. don't be afraid of that feedback. That's fantastic. Right. All right, man. It's okay. about time for us to take 21-year-old yeah. Nick out to his Let's first. Let's go get a beer. His first bar, allegedly. Yes. And you know what? This might actually be Nick's first bar. That <laughs> <So, laughs> probably is. I, I actually think this might I don't might think he's the kind of kid that has a fake ID. He does know? not. He's got like a 12-year-old Doug face. Doug Fletcher too, runs so. a strict household. That's no right. No way. Man. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah. I appreciate it. That was fun. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.